I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. At what time will we be spellcasting? and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft and spirituality in a modern context. My name is Rian Lockard and I am the head witch here at Moonstone Witchery. Thank you for listening. Um, please ignore all background noise because there is some type of siren happening. <laughs> Glad to be back. Um, so let's dive in. You can find me on my website at moonstonewitchery.com. You can find me on Instagram, moonstone underscore witchery. Side note, there is still... Um, well, there's always multiple fake imposter accounts um, impersonating my account. Um, I want to say I will never solicit you for any reason. I will never slide into your DMs and randomly offer you a reading. So if any of you have been friend requested by me on an alternative account, that is not me. So please report them because I am having a hard time getting those taken down. And you can find me in my Facebook group, which has exploded in the past um, couple months. We're um, around 120,000 members over on Facebook, so search for Moonstone Witchery there. You can find me really anywhere if you look for Moonstone Witchery. I am also really trying to um, get my YouTube channel like to be more of a thing um, because, y'all, I'd like to transition to creating social media content being more of my full-time work for everybody. So in order to do that, um, I need to get paid for my work. And YouTube's a good way for me to do that because um, YouTube will defray the cost if I have enough followers by um, throwing me some ad revenue. So maybe if you could go on over there and hit subscribe, you would make my day. Thank you so much. End of commercial break. <laughs> um, me talking to you just now about this like shady account who is like impersonating my account really brings me beautifully into the topic that we're going to talk about today with this, which is the ethics of witchcraft. Um, I know there's this thing that happens to people when the word ethics comes up and everybody's mind kind of turns off and like, we're like, let's just scroll ahead. Doesn't sound fun and glamorous. I get that. I do. Um, but I really think it's important because a lot of people are steeped in a lot of fear around witch work and that fear comes really honestly if we're truthful with ourselves about it it comes from ethics because we're trying to make sure that we're doing something right and you know wanting to do anything right really distills down to ethics as well because what we're actually saying is am i going to get in trouble if I do this wrong, or what is the correct pathway? What are the steps to follow? And when we distill that down, we go, okay, well, how are these steps determined? And always they go back to ethics. Um, I don't know if you've ever done any work with any 
nonprofit organizations or small businesses. Um, I've sat on on many nonprofit organizations before and been a, an inter, integral part of several of them. And we're always talking in those spheres and in those spaces about our core mission or our core values or the vision that we have for the organization. And when we're creating those words, what we're doing is we're anchoring back into the intention, which is just another way of being witchy. (laughs) All things have a fundamental truth. And that fundamental truth has been determined by the people who have established those enterprises and those organizations. And those fundamental truths are the way in which those organizations wish to represent themselves in the world. What are their core vision? What is their core values system? Even if you look at certain really large brands, they all have some type of ethical foundation about themselves that we can all kind of go back to. And that comes down to the intention. How do they want to be perceived? How do they want to be seen? How do they want their energy to be in the world? And so what I'm getting at by talking about all of this is just simply the fact that, um, Everything has a foundation of witchcraft. Let's just say it like that, right? Like everything fundamentally distills down to what I would call witchcraft, but really that's the word that I'm using to express that there is an inherent energy contributed to all of the systems and infrastructures that we have around us at all times. Now, whether they work or whether these corporations align with their like core intentions or values are a whole other different story. Um, and I will try to not go on some type of capitalism tangent, although I will just say like inherently, if we are trying to exploit everybody um, and just get everything from them that we can, I don't really know how how that mentality ever will align with an altruistic sort of vision statement, no matter how lovely it might seem. But that's neither here nor there. And I am successfully pretty much avoiding that rant for the moment. So ethics kinds of is speaking to the inherent vibration of something, right? It's like, what is the energy of this thing that I'm going to be doing? And what do I want the energy of this thing that I'm doing to be? And if we were to have this conversation, BT Dubs, with ourselves on a regular basis, can you imagine how different your life would be? Um, And if so, please welcome to like my world and all of my teaching because that's really what I'm trying to get everybody to do, especially through shadow work. Oh, side note, let me plug this. I do offer a shadow work group via Zoom twice a week. Um, There is an afternoon class on Tuesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time and a 7 p.m. version um, Eastern Standard Time as well also on Tuesdays. And if you want to do shadow work, please come to my website and go over to where it says courses and sign up. It is only $20 for the hour long group. And I've structured it kind of like group therapy work in so much as you don't have to come the week before. You don't have to come the week after. But if you're feeling like you want to do some shadow work, you can drop into that class anytime you are able to. So please really think about that. Um, but again, like the the fact that I made a class like that, right? Let me talk to you about my process because it goes down to ethics. So everyone in my life is like, you should be a millionaire right now because you have access to all these followers and all of this, whatever. And okay, um, on the daily, I get messages in my inbox from people asking how much 
um, it would cost them to promote for me to promote XYZ thing for them. And you'll notice I never do anything like that. Like I don't do ads of any kind or promotions or anything like that. And it's because it doesn't align with my drum roll please ethics. I'm not here to sell you on something. I'm not here to exploit you. I'm not here to say, give me all your money and I will make your life perfect. That's not what I'm doing. And I priced my shadow work class at $20 because I want everyone to have the ability to access their self-work. I want everybody to have the ability to access their healing. As long as you're willing to do the work, all I need is some form of an energy exchange. Now, the more people that we have contributing, the more that those costs can get defrayed and absorbed by the collective. So the more that you choose to contribute what you can to one or two offerings, um, the more that other people are able to do the same and Prices can stay lower because the collective absorbs the cost. Because I don't think that self-work and spirituality should belong only to the luxury class. I just don't think that's how it should be. Um, I don't think that self-work really should be a commodity or uh, something that we purchase. Um, I have a problem with that. And I really think that that's one of the reasons that all of this work has been sort of sat on the sidelines because capitalism has been in charge for so long. And it's not a coincidence that capitalism and monotheism sort of take over at the same time historically, right? Because those two things are saying there is one and you must strive to be the best in the eyes of the one, right? Um, there is one life to have that is perfect. There is one way to look that is perfect. There is one dream to dream and it is the American dream and we will all like strive towards it and have two and a half children and a dog and a house with a fence and a mortgage that we cannot afford and a college degree that is nothing more than a piece of paper that costs a hundred thousand dollars to hang on our walls and monotheism is saying the same thing behave right and you shall be judged do all the right things perform correctly like contort yourself and dismantle who you truly are in pursuit of this dream of being perfect in the eyes of the one true god or whatever and then you shall be rewarded. And what are these rewards except for stress and sadness and like terminal depression and like feeling never good enough? Because that is what both of these infrastructures are doing to us is making us feel fundamentally flawed from the beginning. And then we seek these solutions externally to ourselves and yet we never find them. And isn't that perplexing, except it's not, because we can't find solutions to ex internal problems by looking at external sources. We cannot find solutions to internal problems by seeking out external sources. But that's what capitalism tells us to do. To a degree, it's what monotheism tells us to do, right? Because all of the power is centered in some godlike being who is other than us. But all of the power is within you. And what if there is nothing actually wrong with you? And what if all we need to do is look into ourselves and say, who would I be if I was allowed to be anybody and how can I be that person? And so I just think that we have to change the way we look at these things and it goes down to our ethics. Because if you were to do your shadow work by coming to shadow work class, and if you were to say to yourself, how can I get an alignment with myself, that would be the same thing as saying, what are my ethics and how can I live by them? 
what are my principles? What are my values? What are my morals? These are all words that have slightly different meanings, but are essentially and objectively very similar and pretty much interchangeable for the sake of this conversation. Um, what do I fundamentally want my life to be like? How do I want to live? What are the principles that I want to guide myself through my life with? And how can I utilize those? So that when you're faced with an issue or something comes up in your life and you don't really know what to do, you get to, to dive back in on or lean back on or fall back upon your ethics or your values or the person that you want to be, right? So a long time ago in my self-work journey, I chose my words and one of them is compassionate. Because when I was little, I didn't have access to any kind of compassion as far as I can recollect. And I really needed it. I really did. And so I choose moving forward, and I chose at the time, to learn what being compassionate even meant. And at first, it was really easy for me to figure out what it was like to be compassionate to other people right? Because being compassionate for me meant looking at other people's lives and saying, what is it that I can imagine that they're going through and how can I offer kindness to them in that place? And I don't know about you, but I have had quite a life with quite a width and depth and breadth of experiences. So my compassion borders on empathy at times um, because the definition of empathy is being able to relate to something that's happening to someone else because you yourself have experienced something very similar, whereas compassion just makes room for their experience and the emotions that you're perceiving that they might be having, right? Um, and so it was easy for me to extend kindness to what others are going through and you know, here's a thought that a lot of people don't think. Um, we're, we're often striving for healing. We're often trying to heal. But there's this thing about trying to that doesn't allow us to arrive. And so many of you are like quoting, do or do not, there is no try, that Yoda quote. Very accurate, by the way. Trying is an impossible task. We can't really try to do anything. We either are working on it, we are doing it, or we're not doing it, and we're contemplating doing it, or we're not doing it, and we're also not even contemplating doing it. All of these are valid options, but we're not really ever trying to do anything. And this can get a little nitpicky and annoying when we're like hyper-focusing on monitoring our language in regular life, but it's a good thing for you to think about fundamentally and to change within yourself and your interpersonal world. Because if you say, I'm trying to heal, that's not a very inspirational and motivational um, sentence. But if you say, I'm healing my trauma, well, that gives you some validity, right? That gives you some empowerment. That gives you some success. And we need to have success to cultivate more success. We have to acknowledge the success that we've been having in order to create more of it. But if we're always trying, then we're always striving and we're never arriving. And that makes us feel like everything is kind of pointless. And when we're doing our self-work, like, yo, we really don't need to feel like things are even more pointless than they're already going to start to feel when we start to like look into the depths of our own soul and figure out how we've been wounded, right? So I want you to be healing and I want you to know that you are healing. 
Because when we are striving for something, we're not actually arriving. And you're actually doing things. You're actually arriving. You're actually making it possible. It's actually happening. So when you're doing your self-work, be willing to be healing. Like it's already happening. Like you're already getting there. And when we go back to looking at our, our vision and values and our, our ethics, and mine was compassion, it was easy for me to be compassionate to others and extend to them this kindness because I had the realization that I had never had that compassion. And so this is why I just brought up trying and healing because we're given an opportunity to heal ourselves on a regular basis through how we interact with others. See, if I wasn't parented correctly, then I get the right, or not the right, but I get the chance to parent myself correctly in how I parent my own children. Because every time I teach them something differently than what I was taught, or every time I treat them in a way that is different than how I was treated, I am generating that energy in my own body and that chemical reaction that is generated in my own body, it exists in my body first before I give it to my children. And therefore, it heals me on its way towards them. Do you see that? When we begin to treat others differently, we begin to treat ourselves differently. Because of the very nature of how the body works is a science, not just like woo-woo, whatever people say, to be diminishing. So if you decide that you don't want to have conflict in relationships anymore, rather than just seeking really docile partners, you can also say, I'm going to choose differently when conflict arises. And filtering it through my lens, we're going to say, I'm going to choose compassion when conflict arises. And so the way that that would look is when I'm in a relationship and something's gone on and the other person is in a state of feeling kind of not right with themselves or some type of way, I get to either be defensive and angry about this, which is what old me might have done. I get to be either like shut down and closed off because I feel like I've done something wrong or I'm ashamed or embarrassed or just like really also now feeling some type of way, which is another version of me that would have done that. But if I'm remembering my ethics or my foundational energy and I'm choosing to come from compassion, I get to say, it sounds like you're really upset. Are you okay? Like what's going on with you? And then I get to listen because compassion is an active word. And I want all of your words to be active. I don't want them to be passive because when we're being passive, we just go into a different zone. We dissociate or check out or shut down or go on to autopilot. But if I'm being compassionate, it means I'm listening to hear what is happening in the soul of the other person who I am talking to and how can I hear and feel at the same time because that's what compassion means to me. And if I can do those things, then I can access that space and that energy and I can be present in that way. And I can say, 
that sounds really hard. I'm sorry that it feels like that. Or I can say, that's not my intention. What I think you heard was this, but what I was actually trying to convey was that. I can see, though, how my words didn't necessarily mean that to you. And I'm sorry. Compassion diffuses blame and it diffuses wrong and right and it diffuses everything and it just puts us in the actual moment that's actually taking place and it allows us to listen and to engage from that authentic place and it's really kind of lovely but it takes a willingness and that willingness is to one be wrong about all of the programs I've been carrying around about myself, which by the way is actually very liberating. See, this is the thing about shadow work. It's like people get scared that they're going to find out they're wrong about everything and they won't know what to do. But my God, please tell me I've been wrong about all the terrible things I've thought about myself for my entire life because I don't want to actually be right about those things. Sure, I've built a really beautiful world around myself, around believing those things, and it might not be the nicest world, but it's a functional world that I understand. But yeah, I would love to be wrong about some of these core fears that I hold that might be true about me. Wouldn't you like for yourself to be wrong about those things? But we are so anchored into like, being wrong is wrong, that like we don't give ourselves the chance to be like, what if I'm wrong and what if that's great? <laughs> you know, like not even what if that's fine, but like what if it's great to be wrong about something? Because often it is. When we are talking about witch work and ethics, I want to discuss the energy that we are bringing to our witch work because there's a lot of misunderstandings about the ethics of witch work. And we can approach this in tons of ways, right? Like the Christian view of witchcraft or any other kind of um, restrictive religious practices that have a lot of fear around witch work. Um, we could talk about it from the secular point of view. Uh, we can talk about it in any capacity. Um, there are lots of different branches of witchcraft. And Wicca is one that really um, strives to keep their practitioners away from baneful or negative work, which is fine. Um, Wicca's probably like a hundred and something years old. It's not a very ancient religious practice. It is a religion because there are very specific rules and structures and ideations and things to follow. And that doesn't make it a bad thing. Religion has a place for certain people and that doesn't make it bad. But not all practicing witches are Wiccan and not all practicing witches believe in the fact that negative work should be avoided at all costs. There's a saying that says, if you can't hex, you can't heal. And what this is speaking to is the concept of holding people accountable to their actions. Now, on my YouTube page, I did a video on the ethics of hex work, and I would really like it if you are interested in this topic to go ahead and watch it, because while I'm a little bit feisty in that video, <laughs> um, my points are pretty solid. I am saying essentially that we are here in an awakened state because we are supposed to be kind of holding the energy accountable for itself. <clears throat> if all these people are awakening right now and, you know, if we're 
in the age of Aquarius and all this stuff that's supposedly happening. Um, and we're all globally ascending and all of that good stuff. Then that means that there's an accountability to that, right? And that accountability would belong to those of us who have been in an awakened state for a minute, not like some type of hierarchy, not like I'm very like super woke and like you're not, not like that. But like if you're actually super woke, then you're going to understand that what I'm saying is that if you are able to see and comprehend the energy of this realm that we're living in, then you are able to see and understand that not everybody here is going to go ahead and act right. And not everybody here is going to go ahead and abide by like the basic ethics and principles that like are for the collective and the greater good. And so in my opinion, if you are an actual really practicing witch, meaning you have taken this on as part of who you are for your life, and you've devoted yourself to studying and understanding spirituality and spiritual practices and how to be a good person. And you've done your self work and you've done your shadow work and you've really ascended within yourself. Then you have an obligation to a degree to sort of maintain the equilibrium of the energy. And this doesn't mean that you're like, um, what's that word that, uh, what's Batman where he's like, a vigilante, whoever just shouted it to their, to their radio or wherever you're listening. Thank you. I'm not saying you're like some witch vigilante out here just like hexing the like whoever's that you feel like it, but like a little like witchy Robin Hoodery can't be terrible. Like, you know, like if there are powers that are out of check because the those powers themselves have been abusive to the entire culture and have shunned people away from knowing their own worth and value specifically so they won't be held in check, well, then I don't really see a problem in rising to the occasion and putting them in check a little bit. Now, I will say this. We have to be careful because certain infrastructures really always do have really high-level practitioners working on their behalf as well. So I don't want you to take on things that you can't take on. And I also don't want you using your witch work to kind of right your own personal wrongs or your own little mini vendettas of your life. Like, I always am saying, like, if someone cuts you off in traffic, don't hex them. But I don't really know that anybody's doing that. But, like, do you really need to throw a hex on your cousin because she insulted like the casserole you made at Thanksgiving? No, I don't think so. Like, I think that's more of like a personal thing. But do you need to hold systems of oppression accountable or do you need to hold like systems within yourself accountable or do you need to get the energy right within your own family dynamics in a certain way? Yes. I think that you're allowed to do that. That's my personal opinion. And it doesn't always mean we have to hex somebody. Sometimes it means that certain people need to like be bound up or sat down or quieted for just a moment. And other people need to be enriched and invigorated and revitalized for a second. But it's ethics. It comes down to ethics. And the ethics go like this. What do you believe is important what do you believe is your purpose in practicing? What are you trying to do through your practice? And I'll give you a hint because a lot of times we get lost in ourselves. Generally, your ethics, um, your morals and your values kind of have to do with how you're going to interact with yourself, 
your ethics are going to have to do more with how you're going to go ahead and interact with the world on the whole. Your practice should be focused on how you're going to interact with the world on the whole, how you're going to hold the, the external world accountable to certain things, rights and wrongs. Once you get personally involved in it, your judgments gets clouded and you really should consult with someone else before you do any kind of justice seeking magic towards a situation because you don't want to go ahead and influence it with your own heart feelings because that's not an energy of alignment and accountability. That's much more personal that's much more revenge aligned, that's much more ego driven, and that's where it gets a little iffy. But the ethics are going to come down to like, what is ethically sound? What do I think is appropriate? What do I believe is important? And these don't just originate from your mind. These originate from your studies and your practices and your con consultations with other witches and the conversations you have and the media you take in and the information you seek out. And it's part of the whole pathway of being a witch. But what I want you to do first is to decide how you want to live within yourself first and foremost. And anytime you want to access certain words that are important to you about yourself and the way that you show up to the world, anytime you want to access those words and you have trouble, that's a point of self-work for you. And ethically, I think it's important that we get as right with ourselves as we possibly can, especially if we're going to practice witch work. And witch work can help you get right with yourself. You can cord cut from traumatic experiences that you've had. You can revoke the power that something has over you through candle work. You can protect yourself from your own negative thoughts and energy. You can heal yourself from your own negative thoughts and energy. You can take ritual purification baths to cleanse yourself and heal yourself. There is so much you can do that can be enhanced by witch work when you focus on yourself and your own healing. So it just comes back to the getting back to center and saying to yourself, who do I want to be and how do I want to be that person? So take some time to write down the words that matter to you and how you want them to govern your life and then begin to implement them. And when you have a hard time with it, double down a little harder, go a little farther within and see what comes out of that. I hope this has been helpful and thank you for listening. Um, you can find me, you know, everywhere under Moonstone Witchery. And if you have any ideas for podcasts, please feel free to reach out. I'm hoping I'm back on a regular schedule now. Love y'all.